Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Wednesday, everybody, and welcome into the Gramlick and Mac Lane podcast presented by Ingles, the official supermarket of Gramlick and Mac Lane. Mac, we have two more bowl games to discuss here with two of the biggest brands in the ACC. We've got Miami playing Rutgers in a ACC Big Ten battle in the Bad Boy Miller's Pinstripe Bowl. And then we have the Holiday Bowl, which I think is going to be very interesting and, of course, is huge for Louisville as they take on Southern Cal. So, Two very interesting games here, Mac. No, there's no question about it, KG. And excited for this one. You see I'm wearing uh, some Miami swag right here. So that must mean we have a Miami guest. And that's exactly what we're doing. Uh, And and very excited for this conversation with our guy, Ruben Bain. Um, If if you haven't heard of him, pretty good player. Uh, Defensive end was defensive rookie of the year for the ACC. Um, Why we call it rookie of the year, I'm not really sure. Not freshman of the year. But hey, you know, whatever we want to do. It's kind of weird to me. Um, But this guy was just an absolute terror all year long. We were thinking, we got to get him on. We got to get him on. And we solidified it right here. So it was a great conversation with him. And really what I loved, KG, was how much Miami means to him. You're going to hear that uh, right here in a second from our guy, Ruben Bain. But super grateful for his time. Big shout out to Cam making it happen. Uh, Let's jump into that interview. We'll come out on the other side and, and talk a little Miami football. Ruben Bain, my man, what is going on? It's great to see you fresh off award season. Uh, did you have to add some extra shelving in your dorm room for the awards or what, man? Uh, well, nice to meet you, but um, all my trophies and stuff is at my mom's house, so I definitely had to make a little bit of space. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I'm sure at mom's house there's even more, uh, so, yeah, so you yeah. might have had to build a couple couple extra shelves. Um, well, yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, it's a pleasure to to talk to you, man. And, and it's been so fun. I was talk, telling you right before we hit record here, just watching you this year and, and the way you play the game uh, as a true freshman is is amazing. And I can only you know think about how much better it's going to be. So just tell me a little bit about year one and, and you know, kind of coming into the year and expectation wise. Did, did you kind of expect to have this year and just, you know, 10,000 foot view? How was your first season? At Miami, uh, it was definitely eye-opening. Um, I started out the season just getting in the groove of things, and as I got going and got adjusted, I felt like I was flowing pretty well. Uh, other than that, I say I kind of had some high expectations for myself, but um, it was still still a pretty good a good season. Yeah, no, I, I don't think there's any doubt about it. And you just seem to be comfortable early on, man. And and that seems that's difficult. And a lot of people don't understand that being a younger guy, especially at a place like Miami that has had so much history, right? So much tradition and, and expectation there, not only from, you know, fans, but others, you know, as well, just coming into there to talk about that and, and what it means to be a hurricane. It means a lot, really. The expectations are really high, especially me being a hometown kid and having my nickname and everything, family that came through the school and all that stuff. So, Expectations were really high, but I didn't really let that bother me. And I was just keeping my head down and working and playing football. But what it means to be a hurricane, it's a lot. I mean, it's a true standard. What Coach Chris Boss says is how you do anything is how you do everything. And that's how we approach everything, everything, every day in life, really. Were you able to lean into, uh, you know, any mentors or anything this year? Because, uh, again, I keep mentioning how difficult, you know, that jump from high school to college is. You know, you, you go from being a, a big fish 
uh, you know, in a small pond to a big fish in a huge pond, right? Like college athletics is, is no joke. Was there anybody that, that you leaned on or, or coaches or maybe outside of the program, family members or anything like that? Well, first of all, the defensive line coaches, but players-wise, I definitely said Keen Mesidor and Branson Dean. Those two guys that took me under their wing and just showed me the ropes of college football. If I had any questions, they had no problem answering. If I wanted to watch film, I had no problem watching it. And I just appreciate them every day. Yeah. So, so what kind? I guess what kind of things did you learn from them? Because two guys you just mentioned there, I mean, you know, they've been around the block. They've seen a bunch of different things. Uh, really, it's just technique-wise, um, I had a big problem with, like, pad level and hand efficiency, and that's something that they helped me on and working on and getting my first step a little better and everything like that. But in film-wise, just what's watching film, how to watch film, and what to look for, what they look for. Yeah. And just they just helped me critique – I mean, helped me perfect the stuff that I was good at. And just take it to another level. Um. He, I kind of touched on that, the, the passion and what it means, you know, to be a hurricane to you and, and you know, your nickname growing up, uh, you know, obviously being the hometown kid, as you kind of alluded to. But I, I'd love to talk about that just a little bit more because there, there was a couple of things that happened. I'm sure there's many others and I missed it. But two things that really stuck out to me um, was one in particular play. Uh, maybe it was against North Carolina where you got a, a sack and it was in the end zone and it, it should have been a safety, but the ball came out. And, uh, you know, it bounced out and, and someone else, you know, fell on. I can't remember if you guys got the ball or not, but y- you were pissed afterwards. Uh, and a lot of guys would be cheering and excited that, that they just got a massive sack, you know, in a game. Why were you upset? And how does that speak about, you know, just who you are as a player? Well, I feel like it, it, it speaks heavily on it because it shows that um, the little things, it matter, but I'm going for the bigger picture, really. And I just feel like, we should have got that ball. It was. It should have been the safety or something like that. So that was kind of in the back of my mind. It just felt like. I mean, the team's bigger than an individual play. I mean, that that's that's kind of what you're leading to. Yes, sir. Yeah, and that's beautiful. And then the second thing was um, just your emotions after one loss, man. And it just seems like I don't. It seems very important to you in a world right now where a lot of people are so worried about themselves, um, are, are so worried about. How can I get this bag? How can I go here? How can I leave here and go somewhere else? And it just seems like you, along with a lot of these other freshmen in this class, really value Miami. And I think that's important. Um, can, can you just talk more about that and, and why, again, the university itself or why that you on your helmet is so important to you? Well, it's definitely important. Um, we all came together as a class before we even set foot on campus that we agreed on just being level-headed humble and changing the program to back what it need to be and coming in as a class that kicked it off and that's what we did and that's what we stayed true to uh we just came in and worked every day and everybody can agree that we all hate losing so there's no point why we should be losing and that's just something that we continue to focus on we put our best foot forward every day and just try to do all that we can do all that we can control as freshmen or as players in general yeah I love that, man. I love that. That's a powerful thing, right? You know, when you can get a group of men coming together, you know, who knows? Look out. And again, what, what you can build on that, uh, that that's infectious. I mean, everywhere I look on this roster, there, there are freshmen just chomping at the bit, not only to play, but to be stars. And uh, that's fun. And, and that's an exciting thing. And I think college football needs that, you know, for Miami to be at the level that Miami expects to be at. Uh, I, I want to go into to a guy that you saw a bunch, uh, I assume, every day in practice – and that's Francis Francis Maui Noah. Uh, you know, just a big physical dude. 
Uh, and I've heard you say a couple of times, he's one of the best guys you've ever gone against. What makes him so different as a football player? Well, first is athleticism. Like, it's real crazy. I'm pretty sure everybody's seen that video with him jumping on the boxes. Uh, and that's just like, that don't even explain how how athletic he is. Like, how good he could recover and everything like that. It's just it's crazy sometimes. Like, I could be going against some mid-rep, and that's, how I'm, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> crazy how fast and big he is. So. Right. Going against him every day, I feel like iron shot behind that's something Coach Grizzle Ball Harps on every day. And having a chance to go against him, we're going to make each other the best we could possibly be. I feel like we the best at our positions, number one. And going against each other, man, you don't get no better than that, really. Right, right. And is it talk to me about that relationship because I just remember I played offensive line at Clemson. And, uh, man, I used to talk so much to those guys across. And same thing, they're giving it right back to me. Um, and, but it's that healthy relationship, right? You're trying to yeah. be the best and you understand – that I can't get there if this guy across from me sucks. Like, he, he's he got to elevate his game. I have to elevate my game, and let's make this happen. Like you said, iron sharpens iron. I've got it tattooed right on my arm here. Um, How, how important is that on Green Tree? Because people talk about that. I mean, it is legendary, the things that go on there. I mean, that's all it is, really, just competition. And we compete every day, and we just know we're trying to get each other better. So we may say a few words here and there, we'll go at it here and there, but – at the end of the day, we gonna when once practice in, them three horns blow, we just laughing at each other with uh, what happened in practice and our reps and everything. We may get each other one place, so we know we got the upper hand. We get a crack look at the practice, but everything is all positive and all love. We just trying to get each other better. Yeah, no doubt. That's a great perspective to have. Going back to your defense, man, and, and to see uh, you know Francis's brother Francisco, uh, you know number one saying he's coming back, which is fantastic. Uh, I think that he mm-hmm. can really help this yep. defense next year. But how did he instantly step in and, and become a leader? Because obviously you guys probably get into campus around the same time. Um, but probably a lot of people looked to him and said, hey, you know, you're the linebacker of this defense. You got to be the voice and, and got to go. How did he adapt and grow in that role through the season? He adapted pretty quick. Um, when we first got here in the spring, he uh, kind of just took over and he was just showing how good he can be, how good he is. and. He was just leading. He knew all the plays, all the positions for each play, where who's supposed to be where, what they're supposed to do. Now, that's just something I, I respect really coming in as a freshman. I mean, I was just trying to get like get used to everything and seeing that. That just showed me the potential uh, of what a like a dedicated football play mm-hmm. a football player can be. Yeah. And he come in every day to work. Like don't complain, don't talk back. He's just somebody that's much like his brother, they all just come in to work every day and practice. Yeah. So you guys are tied. I don't know if you know this. I'm sure you do. Seven and a half sacks yeah. each. That's what it says, at least on this, what I'm looking at right now. What's on the line? I mean, is there some type of bet? Is there a steak dinner? Because I know this bowl game, both of y'all are going to be hunting to get that sack. Uh, There's no, nothing on the line right now, but we <laughs> always we always going at it about it. Um, us being tied and everything, especially when we officially uh, got tied. Right. We were definitely- <laughs> About it. All right. Well, yeah. maybe this can serve as some inspiration. You, you, something needs to be on the line here. We, we need to see something on social media or in the game. Something needs to happen here if this happens. Something's gonna happen. <laughs> okay. I love that, man. All right. A couple more for you. I'll get you out of here. I'm, I'm very grateful for your time. I do want to go back to Coach Cristobal before we kind of jump into this game and just kind of get your thoughts uh, in, in your bold matchup here. Everything that we kind of see on the outside is, you know, just a, a guy that is very passionate about football very passionate about the University of Miami. And I think there's there's a little bit of, you know, he, he only wants to show you what he wants to show you. And he's going to be this guy that, 
you know, it, it does matter to him and the way that he busts his tail in recruiting uh, and just that work mentality that you know, he's going to go harder than anybody else to get to the mountaintop. Well, what's something that maybe you see as a player uh, that we don't have the privilege to see just being on the outside from Coach Cristobal and how he runs his program? Really, that like he can be real serious at times because, you know, when it's time to work, it's time to work. But the moment the pads come off and we just chilling, he's probably the most chillest, coolest, like try to be funny guy ever. Um, he's he has no problem cracking jokes and chilling around with his players. Uh, but when it's time to work, it's time to work. You definitely got that right. Yeah, yeah, and it's fun to watch. I've had the privilege to go down there with you guys a couple of times and just see how he runs his program. Uh, there's no question he's a guy that I would have loved to play for. You know, just his mentality and the and the things that he does. Yes, and uh, last one for you, man. We'll, we'll get you out. Uh, what is it going to take for Miami to win this game coming up? To, to get that bowl victory, uh, to, to get a big win, to go into the offseason with momentum, what's kind of your keys to success here as you guys prepare for this game? I feel like it's just the level of focus and trusting each other, I'm not worrying about who's leaving or who's le- who left, uh, what position has to be filled. And just all the outside noise, really, we just have to focus on us, the people that's in the locker room, the people that's putting on the uniform to go play on that game and take the field. Yeah. As long as we do that. We focus on our opponent. We'll be all right. No question about it. Well, Ruben, this was awesome. It's great to meet you. I'm excited to uh, see your continued success, my man. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. What's up, guys? Merry Christmas and hope you have an awesome holiday season. We have some really exciting news because of our friends over at Ingles. KG and I really feel great about giving back to the community. We want to do that. We have that urge and these guys have stepped up huge. So massive shout-out to Ingles. We are partnering with them to feed over 100 families this holiday season. We're going to do a bunch of gift cards, giving it out to the community, to various people, and they have stepped up huge to match us in that effort in the upstate KG of South Carolina. Can you tell our people a little bit about, about the initiatives and the programs that we're working with? That's right, Mac. Partnering with Ingles, we are so excited to be able to help support Clemson Community Care, the Dream Center, and Clemson's Paw Pantry this holiday season. If you want to find out more about these amazing organizations, we will link their information below. Wherever you're watching this, we'll have some link to this post, so look for it. We would encourage you to also give back to your community this year in whatever way you can. doesn't necessarily have to be to these organizations. It can be you know, $1, $5, whatever it is. That's what we hope you'll get from this. So God bless and happy holidays from Gramlich and MacLay. Thanks again to Reuben Bain for joining us and just appreciate, like you said, Mac, I mean, that, that he's a Miami guy. I remember the video that they posted when Mario Cristobal told him he was rookie of the year and yeah. he was so excited, the bro hug. Um, you know, I think this is a game for Miami. I know you've been talking about Mac, Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, Clemson have the most to gain, but Miami, yeah. obviously outside the quarterback position, that's a big question going into this game and we'll talk about it, but there are some young guys playing in this game that can really help Miami get some momentum going into next season. And uh, the game in question is the Bad Boy Mowers Pinstripe Bowl. Thursday, December 28th, ESPN, 2.15 p.m. Last I saw, Mac, tell me if it's changed. Miami's a one-point favorite over Rutgers. Ooh, let's see. And we're recording this on December 19th, so could change. One-point favorite still. Still hold. Still okay. holding strong. All right. Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> Rutgers is one of those teams, and we see this every year. Syracuse was this team uh, last year. They entered bowl season on a four-game losing streak. They started 6-2, and two, got bowl eligible, 
but they mm-hmm. finish six and six. So they've lost yeah. four in a row. They've played some tough opponents. Miami, of course, won their seventh game when they blew out Boston College. They're feeling pretty good about themselves, but that was with TVD and he's gone. <laughs> and there are a bunch of Miami guys not playing when you look at TVD, James Williams, Cameron Kitchens, Jafari Harvey, Corey Flagg, Leonard Taylor, all these dudes. It sounds like Ja'Curry Brown is going to be the guy, at least for this game, Mac, at quarterback. He started two yeah. games last year, had a terrible game against Florida State, but then played well against Georgia Tech. Just give me some initial thoughts on this game. What do we think about it? <laughs> yeah, a lot of people are going to be missing, right? You know, from the, this, you know, hurricane team. John Chaney uh, transferred. He's out. You know, he's not going to be, you know, in, on on this deal and and a handful of others. You know, a, a bunch of receivers. Um, you know, it, it's going to be tough. And, and it's one of those things where, okay, you're you're getting an opportunity if you're another guy if you're stepping up and and you got this opportunity here in front of you. What do you want to do? How do you want to do it? I, I still think. Yeah, at Miami's core, they they are a run heavy team, right? That, that's what they want to do. Those big offensive linemen are back. Jalen Rivers announced that he is not only playing in the game, but he is coming back, which I think is amazing. Yeah. Uh, and then of course you got Big Francis Maui No on the other side. I'm just running the football. That's what I'm doing, KG. I'm going to run it 40 plus times, pass it when you know I guess you have to, or maybe do a little trick play and pass it downfield. Who knows? <laughs> uh, you know, but I, I'm being physical. I'm trying to really make this a, a rock fight. And I think Syracuse, or excuse me, Rutgers will try to do that as well. I think that they would be very comfortable mm-hmm. in that battle. And then you get to see, okay, that trench warfare, who's going to stand up tall? And I, I just like Miami's. We've seen that offensive line all year. Been a little inconsistent, but for the most part, those guys have really played to a high level. And we know what we're getting from the defensive line. So I, I think that that's a game that they make it really interesting and comfortable uh, if you're Miami to, to just make this a street fight. And I know Miami fans, if you say, okay, you have a chance for an eighth win, I'm like, we're Miami. We want more than eight wins. But you have to build your way there. I think getting an yeah. eighth win would feel pretty good considering you didn't make a bowl last year. Getting eight wins, right. you build from five and seven last year, possibly eight and five this year. Then what can you do next year, depending on what happens with the transfer portal and the different guys you're looking at at quarterback? Yeah. I also think this game matters a lot. From an ACC perspective, Mac, you're playing a very much middle-of-the-pack Big Ten team, Rutgers. They're coming off a loss to Maryland where they were blown out. They gave up 500 yards. They are a middle-of-the-pack rush defense in the Big Ten. You talk about Miami running the ball. But Rutgers is not a brand, right? Sorry, Rutgers. Miami, you're a brand. This is the kind of game, like, all people are going to see if you lose is Miami lost to Rutgers. I guess, you know, the U's never getting back. I mean – you should not take so much from one bad boy mowers pinstripe bowl, but it it just feels like this is kind of a reputation game, not just right. for the ACC, but for Miami as a whole. And I think really could be a good building block. I, I think this game is important for Miami as a program. I think so too. And just, you know, continuing to get momentum. I mean, you've seen Miami flipping guys, you know, right before signing day on signing day, yeah. getting some big commitments. Keep getting that momentum. Keep building that momentum. I think that's so important for a lot of these, you know, teams in the ACC right now to go into the offseason. Got eleven of them. A lot of great opportunity here to to get W's and take that in, you know, to the season into the next season and, and be able to build on that. I think you're absolutely right, KG. And and really, when you look at this Miami team, how they've recruited, not really the transfer portal guys, but how they've recruited and these mm-hmm. young guys that have stepped up early and often to play. And what it means to them, you know, at Miami, I, I love Ruben Bain's answer about that, about how much it meant to him and the conversations that class was having before they were even on campus. 
Uh, so, so you might see a lot more of those guys get opportunity now uh, and, and play because some guys have opted out or moved on uh, to other places. Got to keep going. Got to keep building. Got to build that momentum. And uh, like you said, you, you got to win this game. You, when you, you talk to. about those conference, you know, affiliated things out of conference, you're going against a, a Big Ten team. You, you've got to get it done. You got to get it done. Are we both leaning Miami to cover here? Miami minus oh, yeah. one. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I, I think so. And again, I, I think that rock fight mentality, I, I've got to think with a quarterback that has not thrown a pass this year in a game. But he has played. That's, played? that's the thing. He no has question. started in the past. So no that's question. that's a somewhat positive. Mac, we have one more bowl game we need to discuss on today's episode, and that is the DirecTV Holiday Bowl, Wednesday, December 27th, 8 p.m. on Fox, number 15, Louisville versus Southern Cal. I have it as Louisville minus seven and a half. Some unfortunate news for Louisville is no Jawar Jordan. He is opting out, heading to the draft. No Jamari Thrash. He is opting out, heading to the draft. So, you know, two of your big three with the Jays there. Plummer is playing, but that's, you know, that's that's not good for you. Uh, Garendo, at least you still have at running back. I did see Ashton Gelati announced he's coming back, so that's a great sign for the defense. But it was interesting because I saw comments earlier in the week from Jeff Brom, or I guess last week, saying he didn't expect many opt-outs. And now we're seeing this and some of those big names. So interesting stuff so far with Surprise. this Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Surprise. Love that. <laughs> no opt-outs. Uh, what, coach? Um, yeah, it's just, it's a weird time, right? I mean, it, it's, it is. it's so interesting because, you, you again, you have all these games and, and guys that are moving on to the next level or transferring or, Whatever. I mean, we're seeing a guy, at, a backup quarterback at Texas that is literally a play away from playing in a mm-hmm. playoff game saying, no, nah, I'm good. I'm a transfer. Well, see, <laughs> like, no, I, I actually feel for Malik Murphy in that because I think he wants to stay. But the rules give him no choice. If he wants to move on, he cannot stay with his team through the playoff. Otherwise, he can't enroll in a new semester. It's so stupid. It's all ridiculous. And I was listening to something the other day, Matt. Can always go after spring. <laughs> yeah, you could. But – this is what the whole problem with this is that we're trying to, you know, always fit athletics into academics. We're trying to fit the football right. calendar and we have to fit it into the academic calendar and the academic calendar is not changing. So that's why we have all these issues that are not just boom, easy to fix. Yeah, it, it is bizarre. That's why, you know, you need to play the game in a calendar year. You don't need this awkward crossover of yeah. games being played after Jan one. It's just, it's so strange and it's so weird to me, but you know, it is what it is. And, you know, you got to adjust and, and, you know, young guys, different guys and experienced guys get in, uh, you know, a chance and an opportunity here. And I think that's, you know, kind of the, I guess, a fun aspect of it. Again, I, I want to see these teams, you know, kind of have a final hurrah, last, you know, kind of go of it. And we just don't really get that anymore. And, uh, you know, so other guys have to step up, you know, a Louisville team that has lost two in a row. What do you want to do? You know, this is a massive brand game. This is a massive opportunity mm-hmm. and just to build on Again, next year, that's for all these teams that are playing here, you know, and and there's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of change and uncertainty for that because there's a bunch of guys moving on to the next level. Jack Plummer, you know, your quarterback moving on and Louisville, I think, is in the, you know, free agent market right now for a QB. I know they brought in a guy uh, who's played 100 years and been all over the world and, you know, whatever, but I don't think they're quite done yet. I think Mm, they might go and try to get somebody else. So we'll see, KG. That, That is truly what's so difficult about these games. Um, you know, when you just don't know, I mean, there's still so much time before this game. You just don't know who's going to be going. 
Well, you do bring up the opportunity part. I think it is a big opportunity for Louisville, primetime game, and to kind of make people forget about that ACC championship. If you go out there and beat Southern Cal convincingly, I think they will. You've already had an incredible year, just continuing to add on to that win total. The the thing with both these programs is I actually think Louisville is the more stable program in this game than Southern Cal. Southern Cal's sure. having issues. Caleb yeah. Williams says goodbye. Then Malachi Nelson, the big five-star that Lincoln brought in, he's out. Miller Moss is going to start this game. You've had other opt-outs. And then beyond that, this is the Southern Cal team that started 6-0 and and finished 7-5, and similar right. to Rutgers, who we were talking about earlier in this episode. They're allowing 35 points per game, which is just terrible. And when you look at this number overall, Louisville seven and a half, Southern Cal this year is three and nine against the mm. spread. Wow. Now, does Vegas adjust with this number because Caleb Williams is out? You could argue that. And the game is in California. So right. I think that does help Southern Cal. But if we're talking which program is more stable right now, I'm saying Louisville for sure. Yeah. No, I I don't think there's uh I don't think there's any doubt to that, KG. And and again, when you when you look at you know, there, there's a lot of pressure in Southern Cal. They invest a lot of money in that right. head coach, in this program. All those, you know, star-studded transfers, they go out and, and try to have on that payroll. Uh, seven and five ain't cutting it. Seven and six for sure isn't cutting it. Um, things might start to get a little hot out in California. That's all I'm going to say about that. I also think that the culture, and who knows, I don't know anything about Southern Cal like firsthand, but – like the culture of these two programs is very different. Louisville is very gritty. They're going to try to gut out right. wins, which they've done this year. So can that come to light in this game, Mac? When we look at the number, Louisville minus seven and a half, it's a big number. I just have no idea what we're going to see from Southern Cal. That Southern Cal defense is so bad. I think Louisville is going to be more motivated. Right. And like I said, Southern Cal's three and nine against the spread this year. Yeah. So I'm saying Louisville. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm rocking with the cards. I'm making that happen, KG. And I think at the end of the day, uh, when you see what these guys are able to accomplish, what Coach Brom and company have been able to accomplish, it's nothing short of amazing and uh, excited to see them finish the deal there. So uh, we'll see. It's going to be fun. Bowl season right in the thick of it, KG. We've got some more things that we're going to figure out and get going and uh, cannot wait to finish this deal out here. Got a couple more episodes coming up. A lot of other great guests. You guys aren't going to want to miss any of these coming down the stretch, but we appreciate you guys. Go over to YouTube. We need your help. Subscribe. Leave some comments. And, of course, the OGs over on Apple Podcasts as well. Rate, review, subscribe. We would greatly appreciate that. But until next time, we'll see you all.